Hello, everyone. It is 7 a.m. on the East Coast of the United States and 9 in the evening in Melbourne, Sydney, and Brisbane. And welcome to this live episode of A Yank on the Footy for the 20th of July of 2021. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, coming to you, and I'm so glad that you've tuned in for this episode. Well, first off, I uh, raise your hand if you're not in lockdown. Uh Okay, I don't think I think that's maybe the people in West Australia right now, based upon what I have last seen. Uh, South Australia has now gone into lockdown as well, and uh, they're joining pretty much every other state in the country in lockdown. Uh, Tasmania, I believe, has closed the the border as well. And uh, from conversations I was having yesterday with somebody in West Australia, the uh, sounds like that maybe getting ready to happen there, but it hasn't happened as of yet. So I'm thinking about you. I know this is, this is a rough time for a lot of people, you know, reach out, talk to people, get on the phone, get on a zoom call with them. Okay. If they're your neighbor, go sit in the middle of your backyard and yell across the fence at them. You can probably be closer than that, but but who knows what law enforcement is going to want to do when you say, hey, you're too close to somebody in your own backyard. But uh, just keep other people in mind because the time that, that everybody's dealing with is difficult. And, uh, you know, I hope in my way I can be just a little bit of a distraction for that for the next uh, 45 minutes or so as we go through some of the big events of the, of the weekend. Um, it's uh, kind of an interesting day here where uh, – after this live after this live episode is done, I'm going to be sitting down and uh, doing an interview for uh, what is officially the 100th episode of the podcast. I mean, I have done well more than a hundred episodes, but I have I'm referring to this one as my 100th because it's the 100th one that has uh, um, interviews and things of that nature with it. So I'm going to be sitting down with someone to do, do that. And then I am also doing a short interview after that today uh, with one half of the group from the Where Do We Begin podcast who are doing a very ambitious um, undertaking. They've already begun it uh, leading up to the Tokyo Olympics. And uh, I should have that published a little bit later on today as well, because that's not going to be a terribly long episode. But they're doing something that's going to be very timely and very exciting uh, if you are a fan of the Olympics. So I wanted to make sure I was able to to share that with the people who are listening to this because you're probably going to want to tune into that as well. So I, I did want to, to get into that uh, as a little bit as we go along here. Um, now, before we dive into the episode, I did want to take one moment, a little point of personal privilege, if you will. And I wanted to give a, a big shout out of congratulations to the North Texas Devils. Uh, James Henderson, I interviewed uh, James, the founder. I think he's the president also of the club, uh, if I remember correctly. Uh, they got their first two wins in the USAFL this past weekend. They played in a uh, round robin tournament and defeated the um, Austin B team and I believe the uh, Oklahoma club and that might have been a combination club from Oklahoma that they defeated but they got their first two wins so they've got their feet wet they're uh, you know they they played a handful of games prior to that but they they tasted victory which i'm sure tasted like uh maybe some fermented beverages and uh maybe some 
hot dogs or some pizza, something like that as well. But uh, James, congratulations, congratulations to your to your group there getting that first win. That's absolutely fantastic, and hopefully there's many more coming this season and beyond. Now, the the, the big story, you know, of course, is is COVID and what it's done to the uh, to the to the fixture, what it's doing, you know, what's going on within the country. You know, this is certainly a footy centric podcast, so I'm not, you know going to get into the politics of things here because I kind of have a little bit of an idea what's going on, but that's not the purpose behind why we're here. But suffice to say, uh, the Crows and Port Adelaide both flew out of South Australia yesterday, I believe, while they, or maybe it was earlier today, technically, uh, while they were uh, faced with South Australia shutting down and, uh, And they uh, they've flown to Melbourne, which interestingly enough are also in lockdown, but they're in lockdown with pretty much every other club that's in Melbourne. So there's an opportunity for them to get games played there. So the games, I guess, that were going to be played at the Adelaide Oval this weekend are going to be played in Melbourne or in Victoria. Possibly one of them gets played at uh, GMBHA Stadium. But ironically, it won't be Geelong playing a home game at GMBHA Stadium. It's uh, it's kind of kind of funny. Um, yeah, the Cats, I guess, reached out to the uh, um, Cats reached out to the league and said, "Hey, you know, it's technically our home game. We don't have any fans." that are going to be able to be in the stands anyway. So could we maybe actually have our home game on our home ground? And the AFL, of course, gave them a, what it sounds like at the moment, a big fat net. Not happening. Now, does the fact that Adelaide and Port Adelaide have had to leave South Australia and come east change that? Who knows? Maybe, uh, Maybe they will send one of those games down to GMBHA stadium to be played. I don't know, but it sounds like they're going to uh, not have Geelong play that game at home, which, you know, under regular circumstances, I'm resigning myself to understanding that and it making sense, but it's been fun. It's been funny the last, you know, day or so seeing some of the people on social media who are um, supporters of the defending premieres, giving cat supporters a hard time about, you know, wanting to play the game at uh GMBHA stadium. Be, just be happy as uh, um, to be played at the MCG. And what is, what is, it's kind of funny when you go back to the, you know, the game back in May when they were playing, when the Tigers were playing at Marvel and I, what they send uh, 8,000 or 18,000 of their closest friends and family on that, uh, that, terrible long junket from the MCG to Marvel Stadium what they, I think it's it's uh it's like 6 6 miles of uh of jungle they had to cut through to get there so yeah so it's a uh yeah I'm kind of giving the the your support is a little bit of a hard time there but yeah we'll see what happens because yeah the 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 league right now it's it's like the guys if you ever watched uh, any of the variety shows on television, 
um, that have the little sticks where they're spinning plates on the sticks. It's kind of what's going on right now with uh, keeping the schedule together because it it it's there's a uh, an old saying from a uh, a United States um, admiral. And, you know, it was something along the lines of, you know, damn the torpedoes, full speed ahead kind of thing. It's, it seems like that, that's what the AFL is trying to do this year to get the season in. Um, you know, there was discussion. I was listening to a podcast yesterday. Um, I think it was a real footy podcast. You know, are they going to pause the season for a week or two to allow all the lockdowns to take to get done? Are they going to shorten things up and get rid of the, the bye week uh, after the season is done before finals start? Yeah, it's just it, it's just kind of an interesting uh, situation that we've got going on here. So yeah, I don't know where this is going to go, and that's not to say those of you who are in Australia have any better an idea what's going to go on because this thing this seems to be so fluid, and you know with the lockdown between states and that type of thing, it who knows who's going to be where. You know, it's uh, I'm wondering, and. and you know, uh, Dana White from the UFC got himself an island last year, or maybe it was even earlier this year, uh, where he basically brought in everybody that was involved in the UFC, and they held, you know, they, they everybody tested, you know, clean there, they tested negative, and they had their UFC fights from this one location. Do you think they could put a footy ground there and just move all of the clubs there and play the games from the USC fight Island. I don't know. I that just popped into my head as I'm, as I'm sitting down here, but you know, I want to go ahead and dive into, you know, some of the news stories from this week. And, uh, you know, the biggest one of course is the, uh, the injury to one of the, you know, great players in the game, you know, three time, uh, Norm Smith medalist, uh, Dusty Martin with the kidney injury this past week. Uh, you had a little bit of Martin on Martin action. There with Stefan Martin's tackle on him. Uh, looked like a great clean hit on on his part. Didn't look anything malicious. It looked like a great footy tackle, and it just was unfortunate that Dusty got hurt. He's going to be out for the rest of the season. I just saw this morning on uh, AFL.com.au website that he's going he's not going to be allowed to have any sort of contact training for at least three months. So that definitely puts him out for the rest of this season. Should you know the uh, the the Tigers find themselves playing finals. He will not be participating in that should they make it to the eight. And I know Orville's here and he's going to, you know, he's uh, already starting to post on the message board here to some of his favorite garlic recipes because he's thinking that it's all come to fruition now. Uh, we've, we've kind of been joking about that off air, you know, as, uh, as both of us being cat supporters there that, you know, that, and I've said this on plenty of episodes, you know, until round 23 passes by and, the Tigers are ninth on the ladder. Anything could happen with them. It's too professional a side. They got too many good players. They've got they've got some good players coming back. Yeah, Dusty will not be one of them this year. But they've got a lot of players who are getting going to be getting healthy and maybe come back before the year's up. So if they find a way to get their toe in the door um, here during the uh, the last you know five rounds, anything could happen with them. You know, they've got, you know, they've still got a great, you know, forward line there with Lynch and with uh, Rewalt. You know, congratulations, Jack Rewalt, on game 300. Way to go ahead and have yourself a day, you know, and say, hey, this is about me. I didn't just show up and get game 300. I went ahead and kicked, I believe, six goals. 
think he kicked six this past week. Um, but you know, young Mr. Chol, amazing effort on his part. Yeah, that's uh, that is that was terrific to see, and it makes uh, it it you know it may it makes their forward line even more formidable. You know, it kind of gives him that that three headed monster that the cats have had with only one head actually in place this past round. And then, and conveniently enough, as I'd said, they play each other this week and uh, we shall see what happens. And, you know, you've got, uh, you know, you've got, you know, Shea Bolton who's going to have to you know really step up now. Of course he, you know, with, with Dusty no longer on the ground, you know, if somebody decides to, you know, somebody who might've tagged or tried to tag uh, Dusty during the course of the game, um, <laughs> I've, um, Orville posted on here. He said it was that dusty voodoo doll that did the damage. Well, I, I hope that's not the case, but he did say he's ordered a max gone model now. So that's kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, Shea Bolton's going to probably see a little bit more attention defensively than he might have seen previously because, you know, whoever's going to step up into dusty's spot on the, uh, in the 22 is probably not going to be, you know, certainly not going to be the same caliber that he is. So, you know, yeah, this may be actually a a bit of good news for the Tigers in the long run, because they are you know they're sitting eight on the ladder right now. If I'm not, I'm not no, they're not they're not even in the eight. They dropped out of the eight actually. Essen sitting there right now, uh, but they're right on the cusp of that. They have been devastated by injuries this year, you know, and uh, you know they're amongst the most hard hit clubs. They and North Melbourne, Fremantle had a ton of injuries earlier in the season. Is this almost a blessing in disguise with the number of injuries that they've had that they've been able to get some of their youngsters some requisite experience? And that when the whole side comes back in and healthy next year, you know, they're maybe flag favorites again next year with a lot of the same crew and bringing in possibly some some other reinforcements to the club that uh that aren't aren't happening to be there right now, plus having you know, maybe better draft capital going into, uh, you know, into the, uh, into the round. Yeah. And of course, you know, what happens with Trent Cotchin? You know, it's, uh, he's, he's kind of, you know, he's going to have, you know, he's kind of been, I don't want to say missing in action, but he's not been making the impact that he previously has. Does he have some sort of a little niggling injury or something like that that's impacting him? You know, nothing that we know about necessarily, but, you know, there, there could be something there, but he's going to definitely have to step it up with, uh, with Dusty out of the side. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Now, again, they're playing the cats. I'm a cat supporter. You know, I know, you know what I hope happens this week. And, you know, it was a pretty decisive victory the last time that the cats played uh, Richmond on the road. (laughs) Yeah. Go ahead and search your own little laugh track there. I'm not going to play the one that's on my, on my screen here. Um, But now that the cats are going to play them at home. Yeah. Yeah. you know, we, we shall see what happens. You know, does Gary Rowan come back into the side? You know, uh, you know we're not going to see Jeremy Cameron this week, of course. We've still got another few weeks before he's going to be back. But, uh, you know, you know, if, uh, you know, if Rowan's back in, does Radicalia go back down forward um, into the uh, Cameron spot or do they keep uh, – Patty Dangerfield down there, you know, so we shall see what happens. So there's a lot of options. I think it's going to be a very exciting game. I, 
I'm not even sure the time uh, when that was going to be played. I think it's on Sunday, but I haven't seen the time because it it said that it was going to be at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. My time is what it's listed on the uh, – no, 10 o'clock at night it might have been, which makes it uh, like an early morning game almost in in Melbourne. So I'm, I, I that time can't be right at this point in time. So, you know, bottom line, get well, Dusty. You know, it's uh, – you. Know, you're, you're too much fun to watch on the ground and not have you out there. But, you know, this 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 does open the app, the door, the avenue for some players on your list to get some, some game, some meaningful game time. It might be something that swings the door open for, you know, clubs that are in uh, contention for the flag this year that might have still thought, ah, you know, Richmond is still hanging out there. You know, we'll see. But again, they've they don't have a terribly tough run home. They've, you know, they've still got the cats coming up here. So they've got. Uh, They've got some winnable games on paper, if you will. Okay, um, so somebody just posted. Looks like it's gonna be two o'clock on Sunday, which means that was going to be a uh, a midnight start for me here, which is not all bad. That's not all bad for me here. Midnight games are not awful. I like the five thirty games in the morning because that's usually when I'm up anyway. Now I wanted to jump into a couple of a uh, couple of things here today. You know. The situation that transpired this week with uh, the Swans and the Giants, it just was uh, it was crazy. You know, it's, first of all, very competitive game, huge swing in points uh, with, what, 60, a 61-point 61 61 point, uh, shift from the, uh, the Swans having been down by, like, four goals and coming back and winning by, I think, five or six goals. It was just a massive point swing there. But what was what was crazy, and if you have, and I'm going to link to the article in the show notes. Um, what was crazy was the events that led to the start of the game, where you had three players from the, you had three players from the uh, the Swans and two from the Giants, including uh, Toby Green, who ended up being um, set aside, not being allowed to play in the game because they had uh, they had been at a uh, test rugby match between Australia and France the evening before, and that it, I guess, had tested to a, uh, or become a, a hotspot for COVID. So they were sequestered away. Um, so you had, you had players and they didn't decide this until shortly before the game. So, you know, clubs had, had named their list. They named their 22 for the game. They named their emergencies, that sort of thing. And they said all of a sudden, nope, these uh, these kids are not going to be able to play. These players are not going to be able to play. So you had you know Callum Mills and Harry Cunningham and Colin O'Reardon from uh, the Swans and then Toby Green and Matt DeBoer from the Giants who were then said, you know what, you're not allowed to play. It was called a Tier 2 exposure site. So they ended up, the Swans ended up having to go get three players who had played in a scratch match the day before who were sitting back at their hotel just ready to probably watch the game on television said, Oh, guess what? You're not watching the game. You're playing the game. Uh, so they had to, to hurry up and get back to the stadium. Um, you know, James Robottom is talking about how he got a phone call from uh, somebody that works in the front office and said, Hey, how you doing? I'm, I'm quoting a, uh, a news article here. Um, I'm quoting the article from uh, Ben water waterworth from Fox sports where he says, uh, he says, hey, what are you doing? And uh, Robottom said, I'm just at the hotel chilling out. He said, good, get your gear on. It's been a shit show down here. You might be playing. 
he told them. So they had to hustle up and get to the stadium a few hours before the match. And they ended up playing after all. And this was, this was one heck of a, uh, a back and forth between the two sides here. And, you know, the giants got out to a big league, big lead. I should say, if I actually use the, the proper consonants there and the swans stormed back, I think buddy is now 19 goals away from 1000. It's going to be kind of interesting to see if he gets that uh, this year. But, you know, seeing the reaction from John Longmire after the game, you know, this this was something that, yeah, he if you didn't see it, he was in tears. And it was just just a heartfelt, you know, you, you, you felt good for, you know, for him and seeing, you know, his reaction to what transpired and how they got through this. I mean, this was a tough tough situation for them. And, and, and this is tough for every, every club right now, because, you know, all 18 clubs are having to deal with a lot of the same issues, but this, this, the issues here got, you know, thrown at their feet very quickly and at very late, you know, late in the game or last minute, if you will. So, um, you know, they, as, as Longmire was saying here, you know, we were, we weren't quite sure whether it was locked in. So once it's locked in, we just grabbed the players and told them we've been away for a month. We've lost staff. We don't have one one fitness guy, and you lose three players before the game and bring in three. And they got through it. Now, does this help to galvanize the Swans a little bit? Does this help to make them a club that is uh, is likely to be competing for the grand final at this point in time? Because it, it's kind of like a, you know, a, one of those situations where it's, you know, it's it's like an us against the world kind of thing. I mean, they're up to, you know, they're up to sixth on the ladder now. And, you know, the club ahead of them right now is scuffling. And we're going to talk about them in just a second here. Um, but it's, uh, you know. It is. Uh, it's interesting, and and I, you know, Swans may push their way into the into the final four here before this is all said and done, you know. And and that's a club that uh, does bring a lot to the table here. Now, yeah, you know, the other the other uh, big issue this weekend that was talked about was the fact that we had yet another draw in the game. We had another tie game, if you will. Um, tie games, kind of the you know the the, the tie scores, kind of the the terminology that's used here in the states, but I'll go with draw here. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. You know, some people were arguing, should we get rid of uh, draws? You know, and, and again, in in a finals game, of course, you're not going to have a draw. You're going to have to have an outcome where one club wins, and uh, they have things in place for that to happen. Uh, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, you know, there's, uh, you know, there've been instances where, you know, the grand final has played a whole second game because the first one ended up in a draw. Now they're not doing that in, uh, in the, the games leading up to that in the finals, but it's a, uh, it's a, um, it's a unique situation. And it, and it kind of made the, the, uh, the latter even more interesting because there've now been two draws this year. And in this point in time right here, you had, you know, you had the number one and the number 17 teams on the ladder that played to a draw. Both sides got two points. But as uh, I was saying, I was listening to a you know, podcast yesterday when I was taking my dogs for a walk and uh, Caroline Wilson was saying that, 
something to the effect that, you know, this is the first time in a while that she remembers a draw where it was evident that it looked like one team had lost a game and one team had won the game because Melbourne had let an opportunity slip away and Hawthorne had grasped two points on the ladder that, that they were thinking they weren't going to get when Luke Bruce kicked that goal late in the game. You know, so I, yeah, I don't know what you would do. do you know, could you, could you have a, you know, you, you know, the NFL does, you know, strange things where, and the, the, the NFL's rules are kind of a little bit discombobulated. I'm not a big fan of how they do things in college football, in uh, gridiron football here in the United States. They each, you know, each team gets an opportunity to have, you know, the ball on offense. They start at the 25 yard line with a first down and they go from there until, you know, there's a differential in points. And sometimes you might go two, three, four, six overtimes and it, and it might, you know, might change, you know, it might add up to a much higher score at that point in time. But as soon as, you know, one team scores and the other one doesn't after they've had their chance and the game is over. Um, but what can you do? You know, it's not like, you know, penalty kicks like they have in soccer where you have actually somebody there defending the goal. You know, in theory, when you've got somebody who's taken a, you know, a, a set shot, you know, from 50 meters out, there's not a whole lot you can do to defend the goal square there because, you know, unless the ball comes in at such a low trajectory that you could possibly deflect it or knock it down. But if you kick it high enough, hard enough, you know, it, you're not, unless you're 15 feet tall, you've got no chance at stopping that ball from going through the goal or crossing the goal line. So it's, you know, I don't know how you would do this. Do you, uh, do you have it, you know, be like the three point contest at a, at a, at a basketball all-star game or something where, you know, you've got the guy with the rack of basketballs that are, you know, that have, you know, 30 seconds to shoot as many three point shots from a spot on the ground and you, just, you know, how many goals can you kick and that sort of thing. I don't know how you go ahead and resolve this. The only thing you could do would be to actually play an additional, like a five or 10 minute period where, you know, you, it's just a free flowing game and, you know, whoever scores the most points at that point in time, they would win the game. And again, I'm not advocating for that. I'm just saying that's probably the best solution in a regular season game. You know, I, I don't think, you know, having some sort of a, uh, like a penalty kick situation would work. And if, if, if you think I'm wrong on that, I'd love to hear from you. You know, send me a note, uh, on Twitter at yank underscore on, or shoot me, uh, a voicemail to yank on or shoot me an email. I'd love to know what your thoughts are on this, or if you have some good ideas as far as, you know, how we go about resolving draws or should we even worry about it? It's not like they're having happening at, at, at great occurrence. There's been two this year. You know, out of the, you know, what, 17 games played so far by each club. Uh, I'm not going to do the math right here. I'm, you know, I'm not going to embarrass myself doing a, li- a, a live podcast here by doing the math in my head. But I think it would be, well, I was doing it in my head as I was saying that. Um, I think there have been like 136 games played, something like that. You know, two of them have been decided by draw. And... uh you know, it hasn't been that big of a, uh, a change, but it has certainly made the top of the ladder more interesting as well as the bottom of the ladder, because now you got both number 17 and 18 have draws. If North Melbourne finds a way to get another win, they could, you know, again, their percentage is much lower, but they could leapfrog Hawthorne. 
But both of those clubs are playing halfway decent footy. You know, North Melbourne, I think, is going to probably surprise some people next year. Now, are they going to play finals next year? I doubt it. But are they going to be up there where, you know, the Giants maybe find themselves right now in the maybe 10th, 11th, 12th position? Very possibly. Very possibly, because they got themselves a ton of experience this year. You know, they're youngsters. You know, when they when they had all the injuries they had, they got a lot of experience this year. So I think it could benefit them going forward. And, and a lot of, you know, a lot of youngsters played with Hawthorne as well. But, you know, they didn't they didn't do the teardown as much as uh, as North had done here. So and, and again, it's it sounds like and maybe it's all rumors and speculation and conjecture. But what's going on in in Hawthorne sounds very interesting with regards to. Uh, the the Clarkson and uh, Mitchell relationship here. I don't know where that's going to actually go, but uh, you know, is Clarko going to be there next year? I have no idea. On paper, they're saying that he's going to be, but supposedly there's some kind of a rift. But I don't know how big of a rift that happens to be. You know, so you know, the draw the draw situation. Either you, you know, either in the regular season you say we're going to play a five-minute, you know, overtime period or ten-minute overtime period on the on the, you know, like half of a a quarter, um, and then just count the scores from there and add those scores in, uh, or or you just leave it be because you know it's not, uh, you know, you're not going to be able to have some sort of like a three-point contest or you're not going to have it, uh, um. You know, we're going to go out and uh, you know see how many how many of our players can you know kick a goal from fifty meters out, or how many how many of us can you know dribble the ball in from the uh, the pocket. You know, that's you know Eddie Betts would never would never have to retire if that was the case. He could become the a club's overtime specialist. He could be their emergency player overtime specialist and go out there and just you know dribble kicks in from the pocket and, and win games for his club. So. Maybe in that regard, that wouldn't be such a bad way to go then. But uh, it's a, uh, it's, I think it's it's a it's a it's a problem that is not necessarily in need of a solution. Okay, um, yeah. So I just I just think that that's a uh, that's kind of a uh, kind of something that I just don't think needs to be resolved. I, you know, you've, you've got a, you've got a system in place for the grand final. You've got a system in place for the other games in the finals. Just kind of let it be, you know, it, it makes the, the last five rounds of, of the uh, season this year of the, of the fixture this year, much more interesting because it doesn't leave, you know, you know, you got Melbourne now who only has a two point differential on the ladder from the Bulldogs and from the cats at this moment in time. So it makes this weekend's game between the D's and the Bulldogs that much more interesting because now, you know, had, had Melbourne won it, they would have just pulled even. Now there would have been a difference in percentage, but they would have still been equal on points. Now, if the Bulldogs win this one, they're playing leapfrog and they're jumping to the top spot in the ladder. And if the Cats beat Richmond, hopefully they do. That was my unofficial editorial there. Uh, you know, they could leapfrog Melbourne as well if, if the Bulldogs were to win. So it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a very interesting, you know, last month of the season. And there's just so much stuff that's that's happening and going on right now that I I, I don't know how it gets resolved. OK, I, I honestly I don't. Um, now, I 
I've not dug into this too much and I'm going to do this, uh, do a little bit more reading on it and, and such, and hopefully get, uh, a little bit out this week on this, but the AFLW draft is scheduled to take place a week from today. And actually one week from right now, it would be happening. If I'm not mistaken, actually it might be over by now because it's supposed to leave, start at 6:45 in the evening, uh, local time, which would be about, uh, 3.45, I think, in the morning or 4.45 in the morning, my time. So uh, I did see that there was a, a player who had played for the D's who had retired, who has, uh, and I can't, I didn't jot her name down, who has put her name back into the draft, uh, hopefully to come back in. And this is, uh, you know, again, I'm going to put my Geelong hat on for just a moment here. It's a, uh, it's an opportunity for the Cats to put some, uh, some some good players in on the side. You know, they struggled last year mightily in the AFLW. Uh, and several of their more established players left the side this year. In fact, uh, they just named their new uh, senior coach for the AFLW side about three weeks ago. And, I'll, and I can't even remember the person's name off the top of my head right now. But, you know, they, you know, they had some players that they delisted. Uh, you know, Rocky Cranston was one I was kind of shocked that they let her go. Um, She's kind of been, you know, in many cases, the uh, the face for the club in a number of different <coughs> instances and avenues there. And then all of a sudden, you know, she's delisted. And she's signed on, I believe, with either the D's or the Bulldogs, if I'm not mistaken. One of those two. Off the top of my head, I can't recall. But uh, the Cats have three picks early in the draft to hopefully help put some, some, some quality players on their side to help get them going forward here. So, uh Orville, I know you had popped up on the screen there and, and said you'd wanted to hop on, so I didn't know if you wanted to uh, um, to get on there or not. Because um, this one's going to uh, – somebody just posted <laughs> a rumor there that uh, – wow, I don't even know if I should mention that, uh, that rumor there, but uh, somebody posted on here, and I'll just – well, somebody posted on here on the message board on the on the live message board here that the local rumor is that Clarko is going to be replacing Stuart Dew at the Gold Coast. Wow, that would be that would certainly be a big name there. But it's a yeah. How is how is Clarko going to do with a uh, a rebuild in that situation? That's a if that were to happen, you know, I, I don't, boy, I don't even know about that. That's, uh, that's very surprising there. Um, so yeah, you know, you know, we had some, uh, you know, we had some pretty interesting games as I'd mentioned, uh, you know, this, this, uh, this, uh, past week, um, yeah, we're not going to get into all of them, but you know, one of the biggies, you know, the lions, they're scuffling right now. They've dropped a couple in a row. They've got some key injuries, you know, that, you know, they lost Marcus Adams, who, you know, is not the top defender in the game, but has been pretty solid lately. Uh, he's going to be out for another month or so, I believe, with a foot injury. You know, of course, Eric Hipwood is out as well for the rest of the season with an ACL injury, and he's going to miss probably a good chunk of the next year as well. Um, but I, I did notice in the uh, the news feeds that showed up, yesterday that Lockie Neal 
left training yesterday with some sort of a um, shoulder issue. Uh, saw a picture of him heading off the ground, you know, kind of, you know, holding onto his, holding onto his uh, right elbow. Now, I don't know if that's, if it's anything, it was a stinger, if it was just, yeah, if it's something serious or not, but that's a club right there that can, can ill afford to lose another, you know, well, the, the defending Brownlow medalist. They certainly cannot afford to lose him in the lineup. They've had him out for a few games already this year, but, you know, they, you know, they struggled last week against the Tigers <clears throat> and are, you know, they're in, you know, they're in a situation this week where they've, you know, they've got a, a winnable game against Gold Coast, but uh, you could have argued that last week's game against the Tigers was a winnable game for them as well, because on paper they were a healthier squad and the Tigers said, no, we're going to go ahead and win, win this for, for Jack. And Jack kind of said, eh, I'm just going to win this one for myself. But you know the Bris- Brisbane Lions are, you know, I'd say they're maybe a, a a vulnerable club right now, and that they could possibly, um, you know, these injuries are starting to pile up on them. You know, so we sh- we shall see what happens there. Now, you know, last week also you had you know you had a club that had a great opportunity to solidify their spot in the eight. You know, the Dockers, they had a chance to do that. They were hosting the Cats. Um, it didn't happen. Of course, you know, yep. Hawkins and Dangerfield combined for seven goals. Um, and that was after, you know, you know, Patty Dangerfield is a dynamic player. He's an exciting player. He's kind of like that bull in the china shop type player. But gosh, his, his kicking is a little scary sometimes. Um, and that's not to say that I could do a better job at all, but, uh, yeah, he is, he, he sometimes struggles. That first kick he had last week, I, I I don't even know if that ball stayed in in West Australia. I think it I think it might have actually landed in the Indian Ocean. Uh, quite possibly, it was it was that far off. You know, the uh, you know the Cats they were without you know, Jeremy Cameron. They were without Gary Rowan, and all sorts of ugly Gary Rowan rumors that are out there. And you know, I'm not going to address the rumors, but both people involved said this is much ado about nothing. But what was interesting is, uh, you know, I'm somebody who spends a lot of time on you know, social media uh, platforms around the cats, and the cats have a, you know, many of the people who are cat supporters have a, a popular um, whipping boy, if you will, uh, or somebody who faces the wrath of a, uh, you know, the wrath of club supporters. Quite often, it, maybe it's valid, maybe it's uh, warranted, but you know this person does do a lot of things that don't necessarily show up on the stat sheet that aren't going to score a lot of points on the uh, the fantasy leagues. Luke Dollhouse, you know, I think played his best game of the season. Um, he had 17 disposals and eight tackles, kicked a goal. Um, you know, this is this is a guy who. <clears throat> is all over the ground, but it's, you know, isn't always getting his hands on the ball, you know, but he, he stepped up and, and in some ways kind of, you know, filled a role that was definitely needed by the cats this past week. Now, you know, can Fremantle recover from this loss? Yeah. You know, they're on pace with, with SNN and with Richmond, you know, they've, they've all got 32 points on the ladder, but they're, 
they're over 10 points behind Essendon in terms of percentage. I mean, that's a pretty significant number to overcome. So they had a big shot or a big chance at uh, at solidifying that spot there, and they they didn't do it. Uh, and it's uh, I don't know if this is one that they're gonna they're gonna be able to re- recover from. Now, one of the other you know big games of the you know, big games, and this is one that allowed another shift in the eight. That was the uh, the Essendon and uh, North Melbourne game, and you know I talked about North Melbourne a few minutes ago. Does anybody really want to play North Melbourne right now? I mean, they're they're you know yes yes they are the favorites right now to get the wooden spoon. But that is a pesky group, and I've said that time in and time out, you know, time again. They are a a club that, you know, are are playing solid footy. Yeah, they lost by I think three goals to Essendon, you know, one of the highest scoring clubs in the game. But they stayed in it, and you know, Essendon did what they had to do. They jumped from eleventh up to eighth. Yeah, you know, are they going to stay there? You know, Stringer and Peter Wright uh, had seven goals, two behinds for the game. Um, but I think even if you're an Essendon supporter, you'd probably say, you know what, the Ruse are improving; they're getting better. This is a club that that is uh, that is doing things the right way, and they're and they're you know they they got a hole dug for them, you know, early on in the season with uh, the injuries that they had. But their young kids got a lot of time on the ground, which should hopefully pay dividends for them going into next year. Um, you know, I I have this strange feeling that before the, the season is up, before the, the, the year is up, they're going to add another win or two to their uh, to their their spot on the ladder. Now, is it going to move them out of the uh, the final spot there? I don't know because you know Hawthorne is is has been a competitive club. We saw them just you know reach a draw with uh, the number one club on the uh, on the ladder. Um, it hurts, you know, the, uh, getting the wooden spoon in more ways than one. I don't know. I don't know if, if wooden spoons are the, uh, you know, the way that, uh, sometimes you might get disciplined at home if you, uh, did something wrong, you know, you know, you, you see the, the stories about the belts, you know, somebody getting a swat on the butt with a belt or, you know, getting a slap on the butt with their hand, that type of thing. But wooden spoons were sometimes something that uh, would get used as well. Um, you have that little bit of a tinge of a sting there on the backside to get you to 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 think about uh, what you had done, possibly. But you know, it hurts getting the wooden spoon. And I'm I'm going to quote the great philosophers. Okay, it's a musical group. Uh, it's a song from the. Gosh, late '80s, early '90s. I don't even remember what year this song came out, but it's a, it's a a band who. Uh, it's a very very quirky kind of song, kind of a fun little music video, but a band called Timbuk Three, and uh, they had uh, they had a song called "The Future's So Bright I Gotta Wear Shades," and you know if you're a uh, if you're a Rue supporter you might want to start learning the, the lyrics to that song because that might be a, a a song that you start singing in the stands the way Port Adelaide belts out that, you know, in excess song there. Cause yeah, I, I think that, I think the, uh, the ruse, you know, could be on the rise here going forward. So yeah, I'm not going to play the song. I'm certainly not going to sing the song either because uh, nobody needs to hear me singing at all. So 
those are kind of the big stories that I wanted to get into this week. Um, you know, bef- before I do wrap up here, I did want to make sure I, I mentioned the uh, <clears throat> the club of the episode, and uh, they are the St. George Dragons. They were founded in 1928, and they are the only Premier Division club in the south of Sydney. They play their home games at Olds Park in Penhurst, and you know, of course, they're like you know every other club in uh, in uh, New South Wales right now. They are sidelined. Um, the seniors won their most recent contest against Pennant, the Pennant Hill Demons, 114 to 45. That's a pretty big wide margin there. They got seven different clubs, including uh, the three women's clubs. And again, they're they're sidelined at the moment as are everybody else. And hopefully the uh, Dragons can get themselves back out on the ground here very soon uh, and play a few more games before their their season is over. You know, I don't know if that's going to happen. I really hope that 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 the young young kids or the young adults who are playing this game are able to get back out there and and do what they love. Um, I know the odds maybe aren't looking real promising at that, but we shall see. Okay. So um, congratulations to St. George Dragons. I I wish them the best going forward. Uh, And uh, folks, don't forget that uh, if you want to help out the podcast, you can uh, check out my website, yankonthefooty.com and uh, check out my buy me a coffee page or the Redbubble storefront page there as well. Um, Love it if you'd uh, share an episode with your friends and family as well. And uh, if you're so inclined and you want to, you know, hop on the uh, the old review machine, whether it be over at Apple or on my website, yankonthefooty.com, and drop a review for the podcast, that'd be fantastic. Really helps out the show. Let's me, uh, you know, if it's on my website, it lets me go ahead and share that out with individuals and uh, that are on social media and say, hey, you know, here's a show you might you know want to check out. Hopefully, you'll consider getting on the mailing list as well. You can do all that stuff from a, the website of yankonthefooty.com. Now, folks, before I wrap up here, you know, we've got, uh, as I said this from the outset, this is a real tough time for everybody. You know, we're, we're dealing with, well, I'm saying we, even though I'm, I'm not there because the people I'm, most of the people I'm talking to are in Australia. That's just, you know, that's, the way things are right now that most of the listeners are in Australia. I'm, I'm praying for you. I'm, I'm, I know it's a difficult time. And as I said at the outset, reach out to people, you know, give them a phone call, hop on social media with them. Um, you know, tell, you know, go and tell dumb jokes with each other online. You, you need a laugh. Uh, you know, find a, uh, you know, find something that the two of you could do together uh, through, you know, social media, maybe it's, maybe it's sitting there and watching, you know, the same television show at the same time and, you know, talking through the show on the phone or through, you know, your, you know, video connection, but just, you know, reach out to one another, check up on people. This is a, this is a difficult time that, that we're going through, uh, that you're going through. This is, these are uncharted waters that, uh, that are being tested right now. When you do interact with people, be patient with them, be decent to them, and you know, just do your best to try to put a smile on your face and laugh. Okay, um, 
nothing wrong with, you know, heading into the bathroom, into the shower and turning the shower on and, you know, belting on a little scream or whatever in frustration. But, you know, if you need to talk to somebody, give them a call. You know, there's one of the reasons if you if you feel that you're in need of talking to somebody with, you know, professional help as well. That's one of the reasons why I put the things in my uh, each of the episodes of my uh, show notes that I put on there, the Beyond Blue and the Lifeline numbers there. You know, reach out to people, talk to somebody. OK, but take care of each other. OK, yes, you're not allowed to be face to face with with people right now, unfortunately. Um, hopefully that's going to change soon. But realize that that you're that you're you're having to deal with this collectively. And there's an old saying that, you, you know, you catch more flies with honey than you do vinegar. And it, I'm not trying to call your buddy or your friends flies, but, you know, just be decent to one another. Um, it sounds it's it sounds, you know, we're talking about this rough and tumble sport here. And I'm going to say, you know, be sweet to one another. That just that just comes off sounding a little bit wrong. But, yeah, but be kind. OK, be be friendly with each other. Be patient, but be there. You know, be there for one another. That's probably the most important thing. But, you know, have fun. Okay. And in any way that you can, well, like I said, whether it is, you know, a, um, you know, on, on FaceTime or the WhatsApp or whatever you need to do to stay in touch with people. Okay. Whatever you need to do to do it. Maybe you have to do a tutorial for your, your grandparent and teach them how to use zoom. You know, you do a screen capture where you talk to them how to do that, how to go through all of that sort of thing. Okay. So, <clears throat> Um, like I said, folks, you know, uh, as I always say, may your dribble kick never hit the post and folks, I will be with you very, very soon in the future. I'm going to have one more episode coming out this week and a bonus episode coming out this week as well. Uh, I'm actually going to be recording that bonus episode here in just a little while. So I'm cutting this one a little bit shorter than I normally do. Um, but I, I'm really looking forward to doing that one. So, and I, th I think you're going to be really interested in that as well. I don't want to, I, I might've let the cat out of the bag at the beginning of the episode, but if I didn't, I don't want to spoil it here. Um, but take care of one another. Okay, guys, I, 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 I'm, I'm just, I'm really hoping this gets resolved quickly. So stay safe. Stay laughing. Okay, folks. Talk to you soon.